Welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. In this episode 3.2, Individual Learning Preferences, we're really going to get individual. So what modalities help you give, receive, and store information? And how do you prefer to learn new knowledge and skills? So for area of expertise number three, training delivery, 3.2, Individual Learning Preferences, some of the learning objectives are going to be to list the four elements of Ned Herman's brain-based approach and briefly explain each. Explain why it's important for trainers to understand the various intake methods, Describe Howard Gardner's 10 multiple intelligences. List the seven preferred learning modes outlined in the perceptual modality model. Define characteristics of adult learners and chain of response from Patricia Cross's adult learning model. Explain the purpose of accelerated learning techniques and state three of the key principles of AL. List two factors that might affect the speed at which adults learn, and list two considerations for identifying presentation styles. So this section of learning modalities and learning preferences really gets into different things we learn about. So the learning style neuromyth. A neuromyth describes fallacies scientists discover about how the brain functions. And this goes back to thinking about how we actually take in and receive information. So there's a number of misconceptions about our brain and how we learn, right? So specifically, there's no measurable proof that learning styles exist. There's a debate and debunking that's going on all around it. So from that VARC style to other preferences, learners learn differently and have their own preferences. And even though we all know that all of us learn well through all modalities, you might have a certain single preference, but really, if you provide learning that encompasses many different modalities, learners can learn. And that's really important to consider for training adults, especially training professionals and employees. So for many different modalities, you have to accept the participants learn in different ways. They use different methods to facilitate learning for different preferences. And when delivering training, you want to really strive to create a variety of approaches that use techniques and activities suits all types of learning preferences. So that multimodal approach is really critical. There'll be more about learning styles and neurobith in section two of the area of expertise in structural design, the specifically 2.3 learning modalities. One of the articles linked to this episode is just the neuromyths, the top 10 misconceptions about your brain and how you can use them to your advantage. So some things that I want to debunk are the myths. So left versus right brain. Some of us are left brain, some of us are right brain and how this helps us to learn or not. Well, that's false. We're actually... There's no evidence to this and people learn different ways. So that's something to debunk and demystify. So you're using both. You just tend to lean maybe towards another or you're using one at time, one at another time and one at a different time to learn. Uh, We only use 10% of our brains. Not true. A healthy person uses 100% of their own brain. Uh, Learning styles where there's no evidence we know to any preferred style. And there's no critical time that we actually... Uh, take in information. We can be learning for a lifelong learning example. There's super agers that are continuing to learn into their 70s and beyond, and that's a new skill, new task. So there's a few of these I put in, and I'll put uh, make sure I draw your attention to this um, in that section. But let's move on to Ned Herman's whole brain approach. This is related to the brain dominance instrument, a method of personality testing developed by Ned Herman that classifies learners in terms of preferences for thinking and four modes based on brain function. This is a personality testing related 
to brain dominance. And so this instrument is supposed to understand how people learn in terms of preferences for thinking and for modes based on a few things. So the left brain is cerebral, logical, analytical, quantitative, factual, critical. Uh, the other side of the left brain is limbic, sequential, organized, planned, detailed, and structured. The third one is right-brained, limbic, emotional, interpersonal, sensory, kinesthetic, symbolic. And the fourth side of the brain is right-brained, cerebral, visual, holistic, creative. So this is really touching on the learning brain model and what you tap into as you learn. More of this is talked about in area of expertise number 2.2, the learning brain model. Multiple intelligences, how people prefer to receive information. Um, intelligence reflects on how they process this information. So Gardner uh, in 1983 suggested that intelligence is multifaceted and that the traditional measure of uh, information quotient, the IQ test, do not actually measure all of its facets and really defines intelligence as a measurable aptitude, an aptitude that people use to create and solve problems and an aptitude valued by the culture. So in Frames of Mind in 1985, Gardner comes up with a multiple intelligence theory. So this describes how intelligence reflects how people prefer to process information and believes that most people are comfortable in three to four of these intelligences and avoid the others. We'll get into this in Area of Expertise 2, the 2.2 multiple intelligences, but I'll go through these multiple intelligences. So According to uh, Gardner, there's nine to 10 different intelligences. So we have visual and spatial, we have verbal linguistic, mathematical logical, bodily kinesthetic, music rhythmic, intrapersonal, interpersonal, naturalist, and existentialist. So in thinking about these um, perceptual modalities, uh, there's many things that multiple intelligences say, and what the research says, I put a link to there for me. Edtopia. But a learner's primary perception of modality and the preferred mode of learning may be one of these uh, based on these kind of theories. So print, they like to learn from text, pencil, paper activities, exercises, and books. Visual, they'll learn from slides, films, video exhibits, uh, demonstrations, graphics, charts, things they can see. Aural is learning from listening to discussions and questions and answer sessions. Interactive might be they learn from talking in these discussions and question and answer sessions. Tactile or manipulative, haptic. They learn from hands-on activities, model building, sketching. Kinesthetic, it's an inactive motor skill. Learns from role plays, physical games, and activities. And olfactory, so learning from and associates learning with smells and tastes. James and Galbraith's 1985 research really indicates that more adults are visual learners than any other perception style. However, adults also learn from all senses. So uh, training who that offers any sort of variety can appeal to each individual's professional learning style and reinforce a skill or knowledge. So these different modalities are going to be critical and not just relying on one or two. Next, we'll touch on Cross's adult learning theory. Patricia Cross talks a little bit about the barriers to adult learning. So these are the participation development stages and conceptual frameworks really describe aspects of training and learning and issues that might stimulate related issues for how they develop. So the chain of response is one, and this pertains to the adult learning and the framework to identify relevant variables and hypothesize their interrelationships. So common elements of this might be around the motivation and reason why like an employee might participate, both positive and negative reinforces. Maybe there's certain personality types do not enjoy learning because it involves low self-esteem, and that's what they're related to from previous experience of learning. Congruous exists between participation and anticipation of what the outcomes will be from a training. 
higher order needs for achievement and self-actualization can't be fulfilled until lower order needs for security and safety are met and expectations of reward are important to motivation. So these are all sort of chain of response and COR, as they say, to the adult learning framework that Patricia Cross reinforces for adult learning. The other side of adult learning are the characteristics characteristics of adult learners, Cal. And this suggests ideas for further research and for implementation for adult learners, specifically differences between adults and children, so that alternative teaching strategies can be developed. So this ties into some things that we might have talked about in terms of Knowles and Draghi, or experiential learning that we talked about previously, and the lifestyle lifespan of learning. So this thinks about application, principles, and references, ways to engage participants. So thinking about professional learners and adults and employees that you're trying to train. The next theory brought up in this section is accelerated learning or AL. Uh, These techniques and principles are simply looked at a method for speeding and enhancing both the design and the learning processes. So for training, AL uses the techniques that maximize learners' long-term retention by honoring the differences between their preferences of each learner, individual, and using experiential learning exercises like role plays, mnemonics, maybe case studies, ways that they can engage. So the purpose of accelerated learning is to involve the right and left brain hemispheres to make more natural um, by including the following training principles. So You want to have an effective state. You want to eliminate any stress, fear, negativity that often comes about with training and learning. You want to uh, think about the beliefs about learning. So anyone you're training, so your employees, you want to think about their beliefs and what they think they can accomplish in this learning of a new task, idea, knowledge, or skill. The information network, so connection to new material from previously known content and how they'll apply this material back on the job will be critical when you train employees. The learning cycle, so how are your employees able to better process and retain shorter learning segments than longer continuous ones, and how will that impact as they go back to work with this knowledge? Multisensory input are different ways of processing information, so you can use reinforcement and introduction to topics in different modalities. And then finally, the last part is learning readiness state. So are your participants, employees, ready, calm, relaxed, in an environment that they can physically and mentally get their optimal learning experience? So more of this is talked about in Area of Expertise 2, 2.4, specifically in Accelerated Learning AL. But I thought I'd bring up just a few suggestions now. This area also talked a little bit about how do we assess uh, both their preferences for learning, specifically around uh, the Myers-Briggs type indicator or the MBTI, many might know. So these are areas for preferences around a few things like extroversion or introversion. So what do they prefer in terms of their own state of self, intuiting or sensing, and then thinking or feeling, and judging or perceiving. So we know the MBTI is using creative development and team building often. It's a preferred way of how they work and how they learn and how they exist in the workplace. Uh, The MBTI was not designed to assess any level of maturity or any degree of motivation, state of mental health, or intelligence at all. And nor does it put anyone into a box. This is just a tool Based on the work of Carl Jung, he was asked to look at people to self-report on their preferences. So I think it's really critical to say that because this has been used in a few places and it's not an all-prescribed method, but just a way to look at preferences. I gave an example, a reading of an overview of the Myers-Briggs 
type indicator, the 16 personality types. And what was more interesting in moving along was to look at Silver and Hansen's learning style inventory, specifically how it's looked at with Myers-Briggs and these types. So sensitive and thinking, the ST, learners in that category really want specific information to know what's right and wrong. So they really want immediate feedback given by a trainer and they often lose interest if the training pace slows or the content they're learning does not seem useful or applicable to them. Those in that fall in the intuitive thinking, the NT perspective, learners think logically, analytically, and are often skeptical. So you'll see these as independent employees, workers who trust reason and hard evidence, and they like a challenge and a chance to be creative uh, that often get absorbed into work. For learners that fit into the SF, the sensing feeling, uh, these ones that you're training, these employees will need to relate to personal experience and learn cooperatively and collegially with trust. They really want to look at harmonious relationships within a class or if they're working in a training session with peers, and they like to discuss topics. The last one is the intuitive feeling, the NF. So learners in this category, when you're training them, you want to look for patterns to guide them and for connections to previous learning. Most often they feel better in a flexible learning atmosphere that allows them to be innovative and often they're looking for ways to see the bigger picture on what they're learning. So the, the different categories that go through, they call them mastery style, the sensing thinking, the understanding style, intuitive thinking, and the self-expressive style, uh, intuitive feeling, and interpersonal style, sensing feeling. So those four categories are how it's linked to the Myers-Briggs for specifically learning preferences, which I thought was interesting because I'd never heard it applied that way. I only heard it in terms of where people's types fit into the work they do. For adult learning rates, there's a variety of factors that can influence the speed at which adults learn and the factors that influence them and the time it takes for employees, especially to learn a topic. And this could be psychological, environmental, emotional, social, physical, intellectual, and experiential, and age. But no one sticks to any of them. So I think about this um, when I was reading an article at a book called The First 20 Hours by Josh Kaufman. He actually has an amazing TED Talk called The First 20 Hours, How to Learn Everything. And an article around, if you don't have 10,000 hours to learn something new, that's all that's fine. You just need 20 hours. He proves the point that it's really going to be on how do you reinforce a topic and how do you study something that you only have minimal time. So if you only had um, limited time within your day, could you take 45 minutes a day to study a specific skill, knowledge, or piece of information? And would you be able to absorb that in that time repeated for 20 days or almost up to a month? So he looks at the 20-hour rule that you could really master for him is example was four chords in learning the ukulele. And those four chords for learning that musical instrument lets them play a number of different songs. I really think identifying training and our presentation styles are really important. And this can impact how you deliver and impact that training process. So we really have to think about accommodating needs of training to different learners, maybe appreciating the cognitive and effective differences between the trainer and the learner, and trying different teaching and learning techniques and understanding learners' preferences, but offering them in different modes and modalities will really approach that. And the more that we can think about those differences about those we're training and how they might take in information might help us to train better. As an adult learner and professional that's self-directed and also wants to be efficient in their own training and professional development, I think about the key things that Josh Kaufman puts in to his own TED Talk and article. One is to break down a skill into its components and you want to figure out everything you need to learn about this one skill, piece of knowledge, or anything you're, you're learning. Two, 
Learn enough to know when you're making a mistake and you want to get resources and ideas and reinforcements to how to correct that and make it better. Three, remove any and all barriers to practice. So this might be taking away distractions, not watching TV, putting yourself in a certain space or place to learn something and having yourself identify with just that single task. And four, practice it for at least 20 hours. So you really want to get over that frustration barrier and you really want to put the time in each day and dedicate those 20 hours to build that skill, learn that knowledge and whatever else you're trying to train and learn yourself to do. For this episode, I decided to put in some resources and ideas and put in some books and links that you might want to reference about helping your own learners think about their preferences and learning styles. Uh, One of the books from Patricia Cross. Also check out the Let Them Choose by Douglas McKenzie, The First 20 20 Hours by Josh Kaufman, and Learn Better by Ultra Bosner. So I think there's a few of those and probably many more. Do you have resources, whether books, articles, websites, videos that you recommend for adult learners and thinking about their learning preferences? Let me know. I love to read up about them and they'll help me study for that CPLP. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.